Absolutely. We're talking before 1971 and Shaft. Yeah, about 68. Uh, yeah, mine's 68, and this one is 68 also. So we're not talking yeah. 1968. Do you believe 55 years ago? Seriously, yeah. 55 years ago. And the one I pick, which we'll get into, is... Well, it's a landmark in documentary, well, black and gay documentary filmmaking. And I must say, it's one I didn't even know existed until we started talking about it. So this is completely new to me. Well, until they found the negatives and did the whole restoration, this was uh, a lost film. Do you want to say what it is now or want to wait until after the trailers? Trailers and plus I can see the title and the poster to it up there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And if you look at the poster... What's funny is you can tell this is a gay film from the late 60s because I had more interesting and less bland artwork and font than most of the straight films of that era. Well, that right. that era in posters, that era in posters, you started getting getting the psychedelia in there too, uh, and mainstream, but they did it yeah. wrong. See, this poster does it right. And it's a hard thing yeah. to explain too. And the trailers tonight. Well, we're doing seventies crime trailers. Actually, it's Which called seventies is... crime. Drama movie trailers and um, who is that? What movie trailer madness? Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love them because they not only put out good shit, they put out short shit. Yeah. Now let's get to it and movie trailer madness, uh what Carl said. Seventies <laughs> crime drama movie trailers. Yeah. And on YouTube. Yeah. And uh are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we are in five, four, three Two, one. This one don't fuck around. I mean, it's just like one second and move each other man ten. Two. The film. Yep, and that would be, of course, the French connection. This movie set the tone in crime thrillers. This movie damn sure set the tone. In chasing. Oh yeah. Which of course was not did not have a permit from NYC. You got well, Eddie Egan in there. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to get a permit to strap someone to a fucking hood of a car? Yeah. And this is the film that. Help Elaine DeLong plays the bad guy in this. Fernando Ray. Fernando Ray. Yeah. This one. Okay. Family Honor. Now, this one's pretty damn obscure. Now, this one I don't know. You might know it under Family Enforcer. This is one of the group of the rare anti-Godfather mafia films that came out after The Godfather. Okay. Which were a lot meaner and a lot nastier. Now, is this an Italian film? No, it's a U.S. film. Okay. It looks, it feels like an Italian policia. Yeah. Right? And you know yeah, I don't what know that. film is the king of the anti-Godfather films? No idea. Massacre Mafia style. Oh, yes, of course. Duke. Okay, this is a great film. Which one is this? this is oh, mean my street. bad. Mean Street, yeah. The... And what's funny is people and Scorsese expected Kaitel to come out of this as the big god in there. Instead, the that guy says. who, yeah, uh, Robert De Niro said, there's only one thing I got against Mean Street. Okay. It inspired Hey Good Looking, so... It has hatred in my heart. Yeah, okay, gotcha. But yeah, it's a damn good film. Uh, it is and my this, favorite of the Scorsese uh, uh, crime films. 
it is my favorite by far. Yeah, but this isn't my favorite Kaitel film in the 70s, and I hope to God they show No, no, not even close. Agreed. Uh, Yeah, I love it. Uh, Their Nero plays uh, this schmuck who uh, Kaitel always has to wipe his ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a long trailer. Damn. Uh, Richard Romanus. Romanus, yeah. Yeah, Romanus. And what's sad is as good as it is, this movie is the second of Scorsese's flops at the box office. Yeah. You know what the first was, Carl? Uh, uh, Scorsese? Yeah. Uh, box art, first time. Yeah. How does she know? I don't know. St. Francis Madeline numbers, and that's how you can tell Sydney's Paramount film they got that. Oh, God. Okay, I'm just going to let you take this one. You hate this movie so much. Go for it. I'm not the only one who hates it. The cops that this movie is about hate it. Frank Serpico fucking hates this. It pissed him off so much that they showed him as this hippie in the movie. You know, with the fucking hat yeah, like the beer. that. You see him right there. Yeah. He said no cop would ever fucking do that because that was the thing about Frank Serpico. He was a clean, straight-laced cop. And why the fuck would a straight-laced cop be dressed like a 70s hippie? Well, the, the way that it puts up is that... that uh... He's not even undercover now that I remember. No, that doesn't make sense. Usually guys like Serpico were the guys who uh, ignored the vice. Yeah. But you don't get none of that in the story. No. And someone important to the movie appeared on the TV show version of this. Wasn't it David Bernie who played him on TV? Yes, it was David Bernie. Absolutely, you got that one right. Oh, 
But yeah, <laughs> and I do. These, these, Go I ahead. Say these these uh, uh, trailers are on the long side. I forgot how long they were back in the 70s. They're like yeah. two, three minutes. And they didn't run, spoil the movie either. No, they didn't. But what's funny is this exact same story was told by Lumet in a better fashion in 1979's, well, we covered it, Prince of the City. Yeah, I think it was actually 80, but yes. 80, but yeah, Prince of the City. And Serpico never was an undercover cop. He just, the cops just didn't trust him because he wouldn't take the money. That was it. So he set him up to get shot during a routine drug bust. Yeah. He never testified. He never ratted out any cops. You know what I mean? Yep. I think Serpico said it best himself. He said, it made me look like a self-righteous prick. And that, of course, is a Lumet film, too. Yeah. So Lumet wanted to oh, do it Oh, speaking right. of underrated nowadays. Oh, God. All I can say is one be- of the best endings ever. One of this the has best the best. Well, I was going to say that this has the best sneeze in movie history. Is it a sneeze or a cough? Uh, it's a cough. No, it's a sneeze. Cause it's there's, a sneeze. Yeah, that's you. Bless you. Jerry Stiller in one of his uh, uh, more uh, uh, dramatic roles. Walter Matthau's just fucking great. Yeah. Robert Shaw. Everybody in this movie is Yeah, everybody fantastic. is great. And I saw you this ever in the theater first run. Watch the motherfucking remake to that this motherfucking movie. No, I never motherfucking did. Because you told uh, me about it, and it was. No. Yeah, Just the no. best way to describe it is motherfucker the movie. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the only curse word they use. And here they don't use any curse words, hardly. Not like that. I mean, it has like, here's one of the f- favorite lines. This motherfucking motherfucker better have my motherfucking money or I'm going to motherfucking kill these motherfuckers. Yeah. But yeah, and the other thing, I talking mean, about this film, talking about this film, one of the things I love about it is that it, three quarters of it is in the subway uh, 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 maintenance station. Yeah, and you I see mean, some of what's. It's really, really good. It's yeah, solid. and you really need an every guy to be the star. I mean. I love Denzel, but he ain't no Walter Matthau type. No. Nope. Not even close. One of the great ones. If you haven't seen it, see it. Yeah. Seriously. 
Ooh, which one is this? Oh, God. Uh, McHugh, oh, when God. Uh, John Wayne was trying his best to stay relevant. Right. Uh, uh, no, no, this is not McHugh. This is McWhy. Why? Why did you do this? Seriously. Well, I just said why. He wanted to stay relevant. And after this, he did the two films that made him stay relevant. Yeah, after this was Brannigan, which was set in England. This one actually is the better of the two. Well, the ones I was considering is his last two, which are, well, there's True Grit, Rooster Cogburn, which is okay. And then The Shootist. And The Shootist, which doesn't get the credit it deserves. And it should. That That's a good film. Now, I have a big thing about Wayne because my dad was so into Wayne. I remember my dad watching this with me. John Wayne Western's like work. He could play a son yeah. of a bitch. He could play a good guy. He didn't fit when they tried to bring him into the 70s. Mm-hmm. And that, well, no, Eddie Albert always played a good son son of a bitch when he got the chance. Oh, yeah, The, the Longest Yard, for example, which is a great little movie, too, from the same era. Yeah. <laughs> Clue Gulliger! Uh, yeah, yeah, and Colleen Dewhurst. Speak of the devil. Uh, this is with, with Richard Attenborough, of all people. This is Braddock. And, of course, uh, what's his name? Yeah, this, this one does not work. This is definitely the weaker of the two. And McHugh's Both of not them that really doesn't work. Like I said, no. as soon as he, instead of changing himself, he changed the Western. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't like True Grit or The Shooters, there's something wrong with you. Even though as or good the ca- as the remake was. Or The Cowboys. Let's not forget the Cowboys. Yeah. To me, that's his best 70s movie, the Cowboys, easily. Easily. Yeah, this is, uh, well, you can tell that he was coming back from uh, cancer. Mm-hmm. That's him. Who is he? I, I know his face, but I forget his name. I do like the car. I like the car. I like the Mauser. Yeah. But, uh, uh, there's that Western. woman scream sums up this movie. And there's the minister of silly walks walking into the bar and just... Not a John good movie, Burns. guys. 
John Vernon. Uh, John John Vernon's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, what have we got here? Oh. We love this movie and not for Al Pacino. Sorry, Al, you're great in this. This is But you're no. John Cazell. John Cazell. By the way, that's Ray Perlman, by the way. Yeah. So, Isn't so this uh, say... Cazell's okay. last? No, no, no. I don't think it was his last one. But I have a friend of mine, uh, Rich Wandel, who knew these two guys. And and uh, it was all part of uh, GLAD at the time, the Gay Liberation uh, uh, Defamation and uh, Anti-Defamation League. And they were something. Trust me. He's actually yeah, – Rich is in yeah. the uh, documentary about these two guys. Yeah, I know I've seen it. What's sad is, uh, who's that guy that was always in, uh, what's-his-name's films, uh, Alex Cox, the black guy that we love? I, I can't think. I can't think. Cyrus. I know who you're talking Originally, he was the cop that shot Latino's character at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. But then Latino got one of his friends in. And he said after that, his motto is, fuck Latino. <laughs> and who was the one one that... There's two people that should have gotten nominated for Oscars for this movie. Oh, as far as I'm concerned. And there is the second one, Chris Sarandon and Cazell. And actually, wasn't Pacino nominated? I think he was nominated. No, he wasn't. I know Cazell was. Great film. Without a doubt. Okay. We got something to say about this film. This is an almost movie. Uh, it's more than an almost movie. This is the... I've really bonded with my father on this. There's a scene in this with, with uh, Hackman where he's coming off a of heroin and he's in France and he talks about baseball. And every other word is motherfucker. And I am cringing because my father hated language. And he just turned to me and he says, that son of a bitch can act. I really, really think this is underrated. I think in many, many ways, this is almost as good as French Connection 1. Thank in many you. Ways, you just proved my point. That's no, no, what no. I mean by... I'm not done. I'm not done. I think in many ways, the chase scene is better. It's a foot chase scene, and it is brilliant. Yeah. I, this is Frankenheimer near the top of his game. Maybe not at the top of his game, but this is damn good. I didn't think Frankenheimer did this. I thought that... Oh, yeah. No, this is Frankenheimer. Absolutely. This is Frankenheimer. 
The reason that there never was a French Connection 3 was that uh, after this, Popeye Doyle got busted for shaking down uh, drug dealers in Harlem. Yep. He's one of the guys that Frank Lucas took down. One of the cops yeah. that Frank Lucas took down. What? What? Yeah. Pat and Mouse. Again, I think this is a great little film. I didn't know I that. I really do. But yeah, that right there, here's the set piece of the movie where they uh, get Popeye hooked on horse and then... He has to go, he has to go uh, cold turkey and it is an amazing sequence. And so many people said that stopped the movie and I think it's the best thing in the fucking movie. That's the set piece of the movie. Yeah. And the ending of the French Connection where he accidentally or not accidentally shoots that guy. Yep. Is not paid off in this one, which is another tiny little problem I have with it. I can understand that. I can understand that part of it. I said tiny problem. Oh, yes. Oh, fuck yes. Carpenter's best film as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay, we you. love it so much that we made up a theme song, The Night of the Leapus, using this music. If you remember <laughs> that. Yes, I do. They're going to kill us, Anita. <laughs> they are going And this and may be the most something. sparse core, sparse. Okay, sparse fucking Austin Stoker soundtrack that Carpenter ever did. Absolutely. How's that? That's all it is. <laughs> you know, there's a disco <laughs> version to that. I have to get that to you. There's a fucking disco version to this thing. Oh, the. <laughs> Is this as good as the disco version of the Phantasm theme? Oh, <laughs> and that guy's underrated, too. Oh, good he God, was yes. in a lot of action movies in this era. But 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 the guy who plays uh, the, the... I can't think of his name right now. But the guy who plays the uh, Napoleon... The, the convict, he's so yeah. fucking good in this. Hey, can you spare a cigarette, Stephen? Go on, give me a cigarette. Yeah. Great film. Absolute thumbs up. Period. Well, there really hasn't been a bad one. Well, besides no, there Franco. hasn't. Well, I don't know Family Honor, so I can't. I can't judge that one. Okay, which one is this? 
Don't know oh, yet. What do you think? The most overrated film of the seventies that's still good. Oh, taxi driver. Let me tell you something. You know who kills in this movie and he's only in it for like five minutes tops? Who? Kaitel. Yeah. Yeah, I playing did, a bo- I did not No, like- you know who kills in this movie more than Kaitel? Oh, you're going to have to convince me. Fucking Scorsese in that scene where he's Oh, Scorsese's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that. that is one of the creepiest things in the movie. Yeah, you see this? I'm going to take that gun and teach that goddamn bitch a lesson. I'm going to blow her fucking brains out. You know who I think lets this movie down? Is Sybil Shepard. I, I, I do well, not get and, this relationship well, at all. What what lets this movie down is the ending by uh, Schrader and the ending is the ending is problematic. But I can understand where Schrader was going. But I think it's the casting. In a lot of ways, I think De Niro is over the. Too over the top. I think she's bland as fuck. That's why I think Kaitel wins this one easily. And Jodie Foster is Jodie Foster. She does a good job. Yeah. I'm different. She was good in the 70s. Oh, she was great in the 70s. You talking to me? Yeah, I know. That is so over quote. Tell me about it. So this is the movie, Albert Brooks, I keep forgetting Albert Brooks is in that. Um, this is the movie, though, that really uh, uh, cemented Paul Strader and his, and, and, and his script writing, and be, he became a director after that. Still going strong, too. Paul's still going strong. Speaking of Paul Strader, oh. yeah, that's a fucking perfect, perfect placement of this. Okay, I'm gonna let you have this because you love this movie so yeah, much. Yeah, I Go mean, this this is his best role. He oh, deserved to get nominated, and Tommy Lee no, Jones I, deserved to be a bigger nominated. star sooner than he was. Mm-hmm. God. Higher, higher. The, okay, so we should say the name of it. So go ahead and say the name of it so Roman we know. Thunder. And Dabney Cole. Everybody is good in there. But it has one of Jane's best. Best fucking lines ever. Why did you let him do that to you? Because he's one tough motherfucker, lady. 
I mean, yeah. About the ending I've read is a novel perfect. of uh, the script. I mean, yeah, the script. And it goes five seconds longer, and it would have been a more proper ending. Nonetheless, it's a great ending. And it's a great film. Oh, God, yeah. I just love this right here. I found the guy to kill your son. All he says is this. I love that. All he do, he doesn't even question it. He just no. says, "I found the guys who did it." You did? Yeah. Let me get my gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. First blood before first blood. By the way. What is this? Which one is this? What is this? Oh! The new Centurion. Oh, shit. I think. I think you're right. I'm not sure. I'm not positive. The Swede. I don't know this one. I I feel bad. Film that I don't know about. I do not know this film at all. Yeah, a Stacy Keats uh, film that I don't know about. Okay, you can make a note, find it, we'll do a commentary. Yeah. Seriously. You've got to watch it, man. you got to find it. Have you seen it? No, I've never, I don't even know this film. I've never even heard of it. And it's a Stacy Keach film, which is really odd. This looks like him doing my camera before he's my camera. Yeah. That's exactly what this looks like. And David Hemmings and Edward Fox. Good God. It's It's in England. It's got to be. With that hat? Yeah. got to be English. I, yeah, this is this is completely new to me, which is odd. It's a 70s movie, and it's completely new to me. That's strange. And it looks dark as shit, too. Oh, yeah. Well, some nice uh, boobage there. Yeah, yep, this is England. definitely in London, England. David Hemmings, too, who I really like, David Hemmings. Oh, God, yeah. Nice. Do not know that one. Is this the wrestling movie? Or is this the Jimmy Hoffa movie? This might be Hoffa. Stallone the reason it has the title it does is that's how you feel after you've watched this piece of shit. No, this Which is Paradise Alley. Okay, this is Paradise Alley. 
Yeah. Uh, relatively inconsequential. No, really not a wrestling much to talk fan. About. No, this is fist. No, this, this is, is fist. fist. Yeah. Like I said, they call it fist because that's what you. That's how your ass feels after watching this bullshit Jimmy Hoffa movie. You feel like someone fisted your ass. <laughs> Not a good movie. Sorry, sorry, Sly. I know this was after Rocky, and and you could do almost anything. Uh, luckily, this this did not ruin your career, and it should have. Not a good. I movie. can't think of fist without thinking of, you Ding. know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, everything was wrong. Spouse's ages, Hoffa was wrong. And definitely Rod Steiger is fucking RFK. Yes. Well, at least it's not Gotti. Have you ever seen it? Oh, yeah, I have. I have. Absolutely. Look at all this wasted talent. And look, story by Joe Esserhouse. What was he best known for? Showgirls. Basic Instinct. And Basic Instinct. God help us. This is late 70s because there's none of that jazz. Bump, Uh, bump, 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 bump. (laughs) Warriors come out to play. Oh, young one. I wish to God that Paramount would release the original cut of this on Blu-ray. Because if you watch the director's cut, you're going to wonder why the hell us younger younger generation love this motherfucking movie so much. Well, I'm not I'm not nearly as as anti director's cut as you are. It's not as good as the theatrical. I'll give you that. That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, but it's, it's all not about nearly as bad as what, Yeah. This is a damn good film. It the just animation is. is stupid as shit. I like the animation actually. He was trying to make a comic book the way. Yeah, you know, and and I think he went too overboard. Because yeah. No matter what. Well, the whole last two thirds of the movie had to be changed because Walter Hill and the guy who played Fox couldn't fucking stand each other, so right. he killed him and changed basically the last two thirds. Or yep. Swan. Supposed to be kidnapped by the gay gang with uh, Kevin Bacon in it. Okay, right. we're done. And let me get Good to stuff. the criterion. Yeah, even though I wouldn't call uh. Go ahead. 
I wouldn't call it a crime film. I would call it a gang film. There's a big difference. Oh, The Warriors? Yeah, I would too. I would too. That's a gang film. Yeah. (laughs) And basically it's a historical film too, but we'll get into that later. Ah, James Baldwin on screen. They said, oh, I'm ready to go. I got portrait of Jason right at zero, zero, well, zero. Well, I got to get it set up because uh, mine's set up and I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Come on. Are you Marvin Gaye You're Marvin Gaye. No, Gay. I'm trying okay. to fucking find it, you motherfucking <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> See, I'm all organized. I'm ready to go. I have it on two on separate screens and separate tabs. See, I'm organized. Wow. Yeah, you're touching your organ, yeah. <laughs> well, I play my organ every Sunday. Actually, the church's organ. Ooh. So are there any, while you're you're doing, I'm just going to say there's a couple of, of, of action films from the 70s that were not on that list uh, that we just watched uh, that I would recommend. One is Busting. Another one is The Outfit. Uh, Badge 373. And um, what's the one with the great car crash? Come on, help me here. Seven up. Yeah, the seven ups. Okay, I'm at zero, and that's zero, zero. Okay, so so am I. I'm ready to go. And let's get this out of the way since he brought it up. Bad C seventy three was supposed to be before he got busted before shaking down drug dealers. The French Connection 3. Yep. Actually, that was going to be French Connection 2. Well, no, 3, because they already had that plan because a lot of people were pissed off that Fernando Ray got away. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And are you ready to go? I am ready to go. Okay, let's get this started in five, four, three, two, one, zero, go. Look, they kept that beat, you know, the... Yeah, they did. Carl Lee in the background. Okay. And this is Jason. Yeah. See, he's already exposing himself as a bullshitter. Yeah. I'm going to turn up the volume a little bit, okay? So forgive me. Don't worry. I'll try try not to bleed because I need to hear this. Now, I, I am a, a complete 
virgin to this, so I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, did you hear I talk about Sabu? Yeah. Look at his hand, Carl, when they show. Well, yeah. Well, he don't have it there beautifying the other East Village. How much do you think that paper would be worth nowadays? Not because of him, just East Village. That was something I never got into was was, uh, uh, collecting newspaper clippings or that sort of thing. Never well, got that's the that. underground paper. That's what I'm talking about, the oh, underground yeah. paper and stuff. Well, that, that's probably the free press. Well, this is not L.A. This is San Francisco, so I'm not sure what their... their oh, uh, look um, who he names you up right here. Miles Davis. This would be the period where uh, Miles was riding a horse, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Somehow. Okay, that's what I'll do. Gotcha. Sorry about that. Uh, explain to people what was a cabaret license. Well, that was the license that you had to get to uh, uh, do uh, uh, entertainment with drinks. See, look right there. For not even uh, five minutes in. Yeah. He got a drink in his hand. Yeah, he does. There we go. Okay, I'm uh, I'm going to cut it down a little more. Sorry about that. I should have had the, the closed captions up. But there we go. So how many hustlers have you known over the years? Oh, I've known a few in our scene. And I've known a few, too. Um, nothing like this. Uh, the hustlers I knew were more card sharks and do three-card monies and things like that. Well. And do the cup game and, and things like that. That's the people I knew. You know, scared of responsibility. The harm is done. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I know someone like that. <laughs> you just think you know. <laughs> so interesting that 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 there's no picture now. You just hear his voice. Yeah. Now, now one of the things I'm noticing here is there's uh, directorial choices. That you know there was uh, right at the beginning there was a section where where everything went out of focus, and that and I think maybe what we ought to do is do a little. What do you know of the director here, Shirley Clark? Uh, you know not much. So I do have the wiki uh, page up. Uh, yeah. Okay, and she she started doing uh, uh, short films in the fifties. Uh, she was a dancer, did a film called Dance in the Sun, uh, and and uh, she also did uh, Moment in Love and Bridges Go Round. And she won an Academy Award nomination for the Skyscraper uh, and and captures the construction of 666 Fifth Avenue. And, and so she was up for an Academy Award for that. In the 60s, her first film was The Connection. And that's where she met Carl Lee, who is our, our uh, uh, interviewer here. And they fell in love and got married. Uh, and she did, uh, like, The Cool World. Of course, Portrait of Jason, which is what we're watching now. And did you know that she was she scripted to work with Corman on Crazy Mama? But he, she didn't like the way that he treated her like she knew nothing, and she'd already won awards. So she basically told Corman to go fuck off. That was a mistake. But, well, you know what? I can also see it, too. I can understand that. Because uh, there's a difference between making a film like this and making a film like Crazy, Crazy Mama. Mama. Yeah, and I understand that, but I also understand she Mel wasn't Bitch. interested. She wasn't interested in doing something commercial. She she was friends with Maya Drayan. She was friends with Agnes Barda. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, she was uh, she uh, had a cameo and in one of Agnes's films. This film was filmed in about one night, about five hours. See, look right there. Won't you give me a drink, please? Yeah. The drunker he gets, the more open he gets about shit that he, you know. He does. But. By the way, those glasses are something. Yeah. Yeah, and houseboy. How much of a black term is that? Oh, that's a well. That was that was actually even back then considered uh, derogatory. You know, it wasn't like maid or butler, right? It was even below that. Yeah. You're a houseboy. Excellent. Yeah, you below know. It, yeah. 
Okay, so, so the question here is, and, and, and it, I know it's answered, you've told me this, why do a film of this person? What is the interest here? You know, because as, as we're watching it, you know, I, to be honest, he's not really doing much for me. But there's a reason here. Stephen, you with us? Yeah. You know, give her a pill, knocked her out. There's nothing but a bunch of items all over Jesus. See, Eric, he just said something big right there, you know. You wouldn't know about San Francisco, but I've heard it called that neurotic part. Or as in the movie, Needle Park. Right, Needle Park, yes. Young man. She hit me to something I didn't know that maids and houses people that she says, you know, she's I gotta tell you about you people. <laughs> she meant color, sure. And <laughs> she'd say, You know what the maids do? She said, I never have another maid. She said, You buy five cans of lobster, you see three. You see three. Yeah. Why not? They're not getting paid what they're supposed to get paid. Yeah. See, there's this big line he says in the movie. He says that a lot. That's how he usually ends his little stories and stuff. I'll never tell, you know. Right. All right. Yeah, it was very much so. It was cleaned out. 
Because I got there in the 80s. Now, the 14th Street in the 80s still was a little dicey, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't anything like... Uh, it wasn't anything like uh, uh, the Alphabet City. Do this. Or the Bower, either. I never tell. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a big term of his throughout the movie. And, you know, you know, I'll never tell. So it's interesting. She goes in and out of focus. I think to to give you a sense of lapse of time. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, who's using who? Use me by Bill Withers, man. One of the great songs. Until you who's use using me who? Up. He knows most of the women he talked about. I kept women. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting more drunk as as thing as time goes on. There's no question. Yeah. Now, now you're bleeding, by the way, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, this is a lot of stuff that, you know, we're like, oh, we were in the late 60s. There wasn't none of that racism crap. And then you oh, hear bullshit. stuff like this. It was the quiet racism. Well, particularly but, uh, upper class, uh, you know, don't don't kid yourself. Of course, you're also talking northern racism opposed to southern. Yeah. There's a difference there. There's a huge difference. Yeah. Well, oh. and it's not just... Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the first... Uh, what you could see a long history of hit piece documentaries where they right. would lie to the subject and then once they let them uh, dance, they dance, they like, look at this ignorant motherfucker. What's his name who did Roger and me? One of the big proponents uh, uh, of the... Michael Moore. Michael Moore. Michael Moore was one of the big proponents of the Hip Feast documentary. Yeah. See, he's yep. getting drunk. Yeah, and, and and this out of focus is definitely a time lapse. Yeah, well, like I said, they filmed this from uh, 
9 o'clock to 3 a.m. on the day they filmed this. Wow. And look how big it, big, except for big it is, you know. Yeah. Mother's little helper, right? Yeah. Formaldehyde, yeah, the formaldehyde babies, man. No, don't you remember what mother's little helper? Uh, That's exactly what I said. Feed. It's formaldehyde babies. Yes, yeah, feed. feed. I mean, you can barely tell under the surface, but. He's just as racist against the white people. Oh yeah. As he claims the white is. Oh, absolutely. got to say about the guy is he smokes a lot and he drinks a lot. Well, that's the first cigarette he smoked in the whole movie. Yeah, cigarette. At least, or third, or at least 
It might be the same they, cigarette. And they're, they're... Carl. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. They got him giving, they're like, keep plying him with weed and booze. and How many bullshitters did you know? And you were semi one of them. Always talking about New York, you know, yeah, man, I got this show I'm working on. When that shit it comes together. It doesn't mean anything. There's a difference. If yeah. you're really working on something, and you're really trying to get something done, and you talk about it, you're putting the work in. It's real. Bullshit, oh, I'm working here, I'm working there, but they're not working anywhere. That's bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. what would you consider him? Uh, someone's doing such an artist. Oh, he's a complete bullshitter. I can tell. Notice he doesn't shut up about himself either. Yeah, bitchy bag. Okay. Well, it's a documentary about him. They want him to, you know. That's a lot of the stuff that in between real changes and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. How'd you like the way he screwed up that word? Yeah. You know, I suffered expensively. I mean, extensively. Yeah. Uh, Freudian slip. Taking all her money, you know, the price story. She's at the dressing room getting herself together. Saying, I've already blown 65 grand of your bread. I can't anymore, Fanny. Please, let's part. Says, I don't care about the money, John. Stay with me. Says, no, Fanny, this is it. I must go. And then the curtain goes up. And it says, and now the Zigfield Follies presents. Worrying about this man. I know. I wouldn't call okay. him the Fanny Bryce character. I would call him, you know, the Omar Sharif character. Yeah. Nikki Epstein. Nikki Epstein. Yeah. Boy, I pulled that out of my head. God damn, Carl, you're good. As big as it was in the early 70s, you probably get that shit imprinted on your head. It was well, big on Broadway, was... big on the screen. It was... Yeah, a... my... Did and I see you said Funny Girl you... on Broadway? Hold yeah. on. I don't think... No. No, I didn't. Did not see Funny Girl on Broadway. And you so, was... Uh, on Broadway. And you hung out in the drag clubs. Oh, I did. I did. Listen, and they I love I, 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 these songs. Oh yeah, I I, I gotta say uh, a great uh, bow down to and homage to an old friend of mine I've lost contact with, uh, Rusty Brasher. Rusty was was gay, one one of our customers at Carl yeah. Fisher, and uh, we bonded really well. And he would take me out to these these uh, uh, drag clubs, and I fucking loved it. Love how do you it. like 
you how raw this movie is. What I mean by raw is you just heard real two da 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 da. You know. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm not connecting with it as well as I thought I would. It's a little static for me, and I'm not really interested in him. He's sort of boring to me. That being said, I know the ulterior motive, which we're not going to get into yet. Because I'm waiting for that. This is one of the few... This has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes' tomato meter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you rarely see... Uh, a documentary shot this raw. Yeah. Well, that that's part of Shirley Clark. She was not interested in doing things that were commercial. She was experimental. Now, notice this whole section is, is just voiceover a uh, uh, black screen. Who else did that with a blue screen, yeah. his last film? See, that would be Dark Charming. That's yeah, that's not a That's not commercial at all. Right there. No, no, that ain't a cigarette. No, that's not. I know what that is. I've had those before. I'm just saying. It's a split, yeah. man. It's a split. But usually you see those uh rolled uh tied up and his ain't tied. No. It's always always the motherfucking excuse. Money is just the biggest excuse. Oh, I would do this, but blah 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 blah. I kick Carl's ass, but you know I would. <laughs> I would kick Carl's ass, but you know he's a nice guy, and he, you know, there's just all. Everybody can make up an excuse for everything they don't do. Yeah. Because after a while, if uh, uh, you kept asking money, I gave you a loan for this, and then you asked Vicky, she gave you a loan for that. Then you'd ask Tracy, give you a loan for that. After yep. you run through everybody, they're going to be like, oh, fuck you, man. You ain't going to do shit. Yep. Nightclub act. And uh, he reads. Oh, there's your R rating. There's your R rating. This was before the rating. 
I know, but but it's it's R rated now. Uh, I would say it was R rated from when you first seen him smoke a cigarette, but that's nowadays law. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't make I couldn't make a movie. You just sitting around talking about movies and it not be R rated. Oh yeah, and not because yeah. of cursing. And those are the marks, right? Yep. And that's the thing. It's about marks, man. It's all about marks. That's how it used to be. It was all about marks and hustlers. Well, you know what? It has has it really changed? I don't really want to get into politics here. No, but, it ain't but, changed. It ain't changed. Because, you know, but, out here in Long Island, I, I live in Nassau. You know, George Santos, guess who's my representative here? George fucking Santos. Yeah, the difference is nowadays the hustlers have the money to break the marks rather than them yeah. needing the marks money. Right. Yep. Seriously. I mean, look at how he makes excuses for all of the nasty shit that he does. Yeah. And the thing about the psychiatrist is people used to do that back in the days when psychiatrists was just the quote uh one of uh, early 70s bits from Carlin. Remember he talked about that? Mm-hmm. Take a pill. Take a pill. Hell, we'll give you all kinds of pills. It's the American... It's the American way. Oh, look how stoned and drunk he is right there. Oh, he, he's, he's gone. And we're it all is it. Yeah. It isn't about him that makes this movie interesting. It's just his attitude. You know, he thinks that they're doing this, you know, this thing praising him. him Because the biggest thing that he has is his ego. Is it always about ego, though? Seriously. With, with yeah, but some people are about ego. a lot worse. No, no, and that's true. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, How large? You're good. Says you're good. They all say you think you got a nice body. That's some um, pre Kinsey like shit. Yeah. God damn! Did you see that shit? Yeah. Look at the bottom corner of his coat where the ashes fell off. Ah, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 
Except that a lot of people that look at art don't, oh, look at the art so they can figure out a way to fuck over the painter. Oh, you did? So they're even saying, did you take them out of focus? Did you take them out of focus? Now, we don't have anything on. Well, the shadow knows. The shadow knows. Okay, this definitely is experimental. Okay, this is definitely experimental. Yeah, this is not very experimental. Um, you know, when we talk uh, about the great documentary uh, filmmakers, Frederick Wiseman, for example, and that they they did some things that were pushed the envelope a little bit, but nothing like this. And generally, most yeah. of them, it was not a single. It was not a single subject they were focusing on. Yeah, they were focusing on a place. This thing like really comes back later. Well, you no, don't, know, I don't but yeah, when he said, you know, you know yeah, they just sit down, they just talk to you. They said, don't you know you're in the room with the enemy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they used to do with the gays back in the late 60s. Oh, absolutely. You know, at this time, you know, uh, being gay was considered uh, a, a, a mental uh, illness, which it no longer is, never should have been. Nowadays, Just listening me. to Carl Caper shows it's considered to be a mental illness. <laughs> uh, well, you could say that, but I don't think they're going to consider it a mental illness. I think they're going to be entertained, but that's me. Of course, does that mean anyone who listens to this commentary is is mentally ill? No. No, that's yeah. because you're here. You're the sane one. Well, how do you like it? He's talking about, you know. And God, it's even worse. Wasted. Once you know that they knew about this. You know that he was a drunk. He was a drunk and uh, a hustler and a, a, con man. a stoner. And they used that against him. That's what they accused Wiseman with, with tick cut follies. But yeah, no, but that... no, 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 it wasn't this. You know. No. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. 
Uh, and unfortunately, with Titty Cut Polish, which I would love to do a, a commentary on, I love that movie. It, it was the government that shut it down. That's one. That's one of a, a handful of films that the government shut down. Not the government. Well, the government of Massachusetts, absolutely. Yeah, the, the state, state of ahead. Massachusetts. The state. Yeah, but that's government. still the government. It's not the I federal know, government. I it's like you're taking it to a different level altogether, man. Well, it's not like the spook who sat by the door. That was the FBI. Yeah, that was the government. Okay, you are not a fucking rabbi, okay? Sorry, kid. That isn't even... What the fuck is that hat, man? Good God. I don't know. Female faggot. Yeah. Uh, May West. Do 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 love me some May West. She's one of my heroes. What Barbara Streisand is nowadays to the gay community is what Mae West was pre-Barbara Streisand. Well, not only that, Mae West was also just a a sex symbol to everybody. Everybody wanted to fuck Mae West. Yeah, but I'm just talking about an icon. Well, you 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 know, she's one of my icons because of what she did with censorship. You know, I mean, that woman yeah. is way under undervalued as far as I'm concerned. That yeah. woman is, a, is, is a, you know, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I know this story. Lammy boy. jumps on the horse, she stands there daggling the bag of gold, and she says, farewell, my one. The problem with my little chickadee is that uh, Mae West and W.C. Fields mix like oil and water. And well, they didn't like each other they to begin with. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they both of like them were smart asses who were yeah. fighting over the same buck. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much close to the ass end of uh, the Hays Code. You notice that he keeps bringing up the old southern racist cliches. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a good little boy. Well, he's also performing for the camera, too. This is yeah, all performance you, art. Yeah, and, and his that bit, yeah. Do you remember that bit from uh, Chris Rock where he talked the difference between the old black guys and the young ones? 
Not particularly. I never followed Chris Rock that much. But the, all he said, the old ones would be like when the white boss was there, they'd be like, yes, sir, I'll do what you say, sir. I'll do everything you say, sir. Yes, sir. And as soon as the white boss is gone, fucking crack a motherfucker, I'll fucking kill you in a motherfucking heartbeat. Yeah. You can just see that in him, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just tell by the way he's talking and his things that he wants to be a white woman. Mm-hmm. Well, and unfortunately, you can't be a white woman. Everyone except for uh, the one from Gone with the Wind are all con women who uses, you know, Carmen, the vet, Carmen. Uh, I forget the rest of her name. All I know is Carmen because everyone uses Carmen. Like right. even Radley used Carmen 2000. Yep. But you could you could tell the the, the man is comfortable in drag. Easily. Oh yeah. You know, but you know the funny thing is he doesn't come up authentic, and I I I take that from experience because as I said before. You know, uh, I would go to these drag clubs, and they were authentic, and, and, and they were real people, and you could tell they were real and that their choices were real, that that they wanted to be that persona. He doesn't see – he uses the persona. You can tell this. Yeah. He's a user. He even uses the persona. He don't know – well, we'll get into something a little later, but – even this doesn't doesn't you know he's like reminiscing back and and trying to be real here and it doesn't it doesn't feel real nothing feels yeah, real yeah he's here. just speaking lines yeah See, look, he, after all that, he always has that big bullshitting grin. Yeah. And that's a southern term, and it's not a racist term. It's just big bullshitting grin. It's like you could just tell from that grin that this motherfucker could be bullshitting. No, Tennessee Williams now. Okay. Gay icon. Let's see what you have to say about him. Well, uh, because of uh, people think that Tennessee Williams is a gay icon because of uh, a streetcar named Desire. No. For... Damn near everything he ever wrote. And Cat and the Hot Tin Roof. Yeah. See, he likes to, you know, I'm the bitch. 
Oh. See, look how mean he looks there. That's a real look. Yeah. yeah. And look, it's going backwards. Look at the smoke. Yeah. Nice. I I didn't catch that. Again, Ooh, this, 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 look. This. Yeah. Carl, see? Mm-hmm. So we haven't talked about Carl Lee. Why don't you give us a little bit of background on Carl Lee and his well, relationship with Shirley ba- Clark? Yeah. Well, you were the one who said it earlier that they were married for a while. But who's Carl Lee? Tell us who Carl Lee is. He was an actor. And what was he, he famous was, for? Well, his biggest role was uh, Eddie in Superfly. But not for Carl. Carl, his biggest role would be... I can't think of the character's name, but uh, the main uh, black uh, uh, male character in The Landlord for me. Yeah. Which I love that movie. But it was said See, that, that look, in many right ways... right there, Carl. This is when it oh, okay. starts. Okay. Give me the phone. Jesus. But um, uh, the one thing about Carl Lee, too... Um, is that he 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 did all this acting and unfortunately uh he died rather young because he got a, a um heroin addiction uh but they were together Shirley and him were together nearly 30 years yeah hey like that bullshit line i've been in Lines. love once once many, many times, times. I can make you feel about her. Isn't that what? See, see all... even by saying that, that's all an act. That's all Isn't an act. That you're, all you're hook... Isn't that what yeah. all hookers do? More or less. There are some that, that consider it a job. And, and aren't in yeah, pleasing their clients. Yeah, even if they are job, like he said, you know. Yeah. If you notice, it's starting to get meaner. They're starting to get meaner towards him. Yeah. To them, it looks good. Oh, what do you think about a black guy saying that word, spade? Yeah, I was just about to mention that myself. Talking about being had, we'll get there. 
As the movie's got, gotten along, you get more and more invested in it, I've, I've noticed. Uh, yeah. Which is interesting. You, yeah, you start to wonder, why him? Why this? Mm-hmm. Why now? You know. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing here is is he's not a likable character, okay? And yet this oh, no. movie is being, he is being heralded by the LGBTQ community. I question that. Well, no. You talk to all your gay friends or all that, and they're going to know a Jason. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but everybody knows, you know, you'd probably go there, and it'd be like, everybody knows the Jason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what you mean. And they warn people away from, you know, where do you, remember at one scene in Cruising where they warned about the guy that was, uh... Yes. Yeah, I remember it that. was... It's Jason why they had uh, the started policing themselves because, you know, make sure the motherfuckers, the marks don't get ripped off and all that. Such a scandal. You know, some people, all they want is, is, is the pleasure part of this. You know, the party, the good, the good times, the, the, the good clothes and that sort of thing. And, and that's what they shoot for. And they don't think about anyone else along the way. When he uh, says which, steam room, he's talking about... The, the bathhouses. Bath. Oh, absolutely. If you really look at Andy Milligan's uh, vapors, you can see poppers for sale out there on the... He's just getting more and more wasted, man. He has no idea. And he's he losing no so much more. We're losing the nice, smiley, make you laugh guy from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah, you're actually right there. Yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, right, okay, whatever. (laughs) I know motherfuckers like that. Not gays, but motherfuckers that when they drunk and stoned, they the most honest motherfuckers you ever met in your life. Never. I 
Carol Chetty. Oh, did we ever do Skidoo? I think we did, didn't we? No, that was on your show. Okay. I call it Skidmark outside <laughs> of Groucho. Well, let me tell you something. I, Nelson, okay, Harry Nelson. Uh, uh, I love the movie. It is so bad. It is wondrously bad. I love that movie. Not a good movie. And you get a lot of tired, old, strolling bachelor folks. Young uh, Peters don't work in daytime, you know, looking for matinees. And it just all takes place like you can just buy a sandwich in the deli, you know. East Fifties is kind of nice. What was East Fifty like? Well, East Fifties were, I, I really wasn't up in the East Fifties that much. I was more, um, I was not an area I really went into, particularly in the 80s. Um, I was Upper East Side. I was uh, Spanish Harlem. And then when I moved down to Brooklyn uh, and and Astoria first and then Brooklyn, I didn't really get there that much. Uh, Occasionally I would get there to see a show or something like that or meet somebody. That, That actually, that area... There was a lot of stuff that Ray liked in that area. A friend of mine, Ray. Carmen and, Deli. And, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, there was a good deli up that way. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's what he was talking about, probably. Yeah. Found out. You don't want to screw the white girl. Then you kind of end, you know. Hey, like, yeah. Long as the white boy finds out you don't screw the white girl. The man and in the woman, then everything is cool. So, like I said, uh, I don't think he's gay. From the way he's talking, he's not gay. Boys, they were girls. They're kind of mixed up. And, uh, I call him uh, very strongly bisexual from the way he's rapping. What you say? Yeah. Yeah, and that's still part of the LGBTQ. That's what the B stands for. Yeah. Babe Queen. You want to know what's shaking? You've got to go to the street where they got walk-in departments. You don't have to go in front. Just grab a man on the front and buy and follow some nice Now, you can get confused up there because uh, some of them are looking like girls and girls. I mean, they got some drag queens in all together. I mean, they're coming out and they're going to... And definitely drag. You know, uh, and in that case, you know, you're talking uh, 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 trans at this point. And they refer to each other as That's become... No. A normal term. Mm-hmm. Miss Thing. Actually, uh, Rachel has used that. Miss Thing. She's used that before. Yeah. Hey! Don't you be talking about moms, okay? We love moms. 
Hey, like, yeah, he said, he, she looked at the drag queens and stuff up there and said, you all mom's children, we got to give you a break. Yeah. Listen, there's no doubt you and I worship that that woman. Yeah, Seriously. worship little pops, Mabley. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't understand what we're talking about, look up. Mom's Mabley Christmas card. Yeah. And she used to, she used to uh, dress in this, this suit. And that sort of thing. She was something, man. And then, of course, I got to know her from her uh, little flower dress and her grandma uh, performances on Ed Sullivan. And I just thought she was wonderful. Friggin' loved her. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the things, too, about this is as you go along, you start to see him unravel. And there's that sort of perverse joy. And, and seeing the unraveling of this character. Would yeah. you agree that that's part of why we're walking this, right? Be honest. That's why people watch Frost Nixon interviews. And, oh, hell yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, even though the Frost Nixon is much more controlled than this. This is not controlled, and, and that's a choice. Mind you. Yeah. That's a direct Well, I'm sure that if he could, they could have edited it to make it more controlled. But, oh, they could have. You know. But, but from what I understand, uh, this had something like about 12 hours of footage. Yeah. You, you talk about, about like 7 to, to 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. It had to be longer than that because they – and Wiki, they say it's about 12 – 12 hours of unedited footage from this. Yeah. Well, it's kind of makes sense because if you see at the beginning, he's very, very sober. And at the end, you could see that they want to show him getting really, really drunk and really high and, and really out of control. That, well, that's one their of the decision first here. really clear wide shot of him. There's not really a scene in this movie or he isn't puffing weed or drinking booze. Or even smoking a regular cigarette. Now, right now he is, but he's regaling. He's back on his back. He, he's not He's not standing up. He's not... You can see him losing control, and that's, that's one of the reasons you want to watch this. Where is this going? You know, and I start to understand why they're doing the way they're doing it, okay? It makes sense. Yeah. Right? Again, it's not something I would have picked. I'm, I'm glad you picked it because this is something completely new to me. Completely new to me. Did well, not know like much about Shirley. Ex- well, this is your thing because you have a hard on for, and me too, for 
the experimental documentaries of the 70s and... The 60s. Yeah. Well, 80s too, like the thin blue yeah. line. Yeah, Errol Morris. Love Errol Morris. Burning Florida is my favorite of his.
I love that. He keeps saying that. And uh, if you want to take it, don't fake it. Yeah. You see, the problem is, is that it's too goddamn easy to get him to talk. If he was a politician, they would just, his handler would have drug him. That's why politicians have handlers nowadays. Oh, hell yeah. That was his dad's name. Hey, I love that. Yeah. I want the better things in life, but I don't want to be tough. Yeah. He wants the better things in life, but he doesn't want to work for it. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason I will include this for Black History Month is that it feels like it's that not only brought the gay honesty, but the black, you know, yeah. honesty. Because around this time, you would have uh, the Learning Tree, uh, Sounder. I think that was, yeah. Uh, Learning Tree was 69, Sounder was 72. So Sounder a little later. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You move, boy! Yeah. You know. I mean, you go bitching all the way. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I never understood motherfuckers like that. Not gays, no, just I... motherfuckers that just knew that they gonna get in trouble, but they keep doing the same goddamn thing over again, knowing that they gonna get the shit kicked out of them for the same oh. damn thing. You know what this kind of reminds me of, and, and I know you have problems with the film, but I'm talking more of the, the, the situation. Uh, six Degrees of Separation. The uh, play, not the movie. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, he was a bull, it was about a bullshitter, too, who said that he was... Uh, a real Nephew. well, that was yeah. Who said that he was uh, Sidney Poitier's what son? Uh, I think it was nephew, actually. It might have been son. Yeah. I'm not sure. I love it. He says I'm a gay sensitive child, but he'd keep testing his dad. Okay, we're going to go at, never mind, this is going to be texted out tonight at 8, so forget that old time shit. Uh, 
Uh, now, now that's one thing. My, my, uh, I had a. Uh, my mother had a cousin, cousin Bill, who was a moonshiner down in the uh, Uniontown Mountains, down below Pittsburgh. And uh, they made corn liquor. They made moonshine, dandelion wine. We always, like for a number of years before he died, would get this care package of stuff he made. And my mother would get drunk on dandelion wine, and it was... Absolutely hysterical. Jesus, no wonder he's an alcoholic if he be sucking down that corn liquor. Young damn. You could use that shit to strip paint from a car. Or strip grease from your engine. Yep, you certainly could. That's a, this says a lot about him. Yeah. Now, now he's admitting that he's evil. Interesting. And that doesn't just count for food. That's the sub thing, you know. That boy's eyes bigger than his belly. That means yeah. his ambi his ambitions outrun his means a abilities. Right. That's very true. I ain't never gonna have gray hair. Well, I got Luke. I got gray hair right now, but I won't have it because, shoot, I'm like two inches away from reverse mohawk and four inches away from going full Lex Luthor. <laughs> I want to see pictures, man. I don't want to see pictures when that happens. Yeah, I mean, I love how he just reveals little drips and drabs of himself that he really don't intend to. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things I've noticed about the reviews of this film is is that a lot of the reviewers don't like the intention of the filmmakers for this film because they have an ulterior motive. Um and it's very well presented, and, and a lot of people don't like that. Let's be honest. But, Show me a documentary that, that doesn't, doesn't have, a, have an exactly. ulterior motive. Thank you. Yeah. Tell me about it. You're absolutely right like, about that. Like, even the nature documentary have an ulterior motive of showing... This is what we're losing if you don't stop cutting these, killing these poor little animals. Yeah. Mother grabbers. I love it. He cusses and says, faggot, nigger, 
queer, spade. But the motherfucker said mother grabba. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. He realizes that he can get the money to get on stage, but he don't have to work because people, you know, he can just get the money. Right. God, he is like drinking everything. He's even looking at what he's drinking now. Good God. Well, that was part of the setup. Yeah, I know. Well, you got to think, that motherfucker got a high, high tolerance for booze that the little homie was uh, drinking corn liquor. True. Now, that's a real cigarette. Oh. Indian privilege? Really? I don't yeah. believe that shit. You know, are oh, we sure that George Santos oh. didn't watch this movie? Seriously. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, Faye. I would say not at all with him. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's a con, man. That's a fucking con, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hey man, let's go get some tweet once this show's over, so we can be tweeters. <laughs> yep. Whoa! Yeah, if I ever call my mama a cunt, you would have to come to my funeral about two days later. Exactly. Same with mine, man. That would not work. Trust me. Yeah, how you like that shit? (laughs) Yeah. You know... Black boy. That probably you probably heard a lot of that of that story. Uh, yeah. New York, like 
when I went up to New York, I thought I was going to be the only gay person there. I thought I was the only gay, and then all of a sudden... Yep. I'm sorry, but he racist as a motherfucker. Yeah, he is. <laughs> now, I haven't heard that term in a while, bull dagger. Look at that, he's passed out. Yeah. What a fucking way to go. Okay, let's get into another term. What does that mean? I, not the word off. I just think one day I decided I'm going to kick. Well, basically, what, does, they, what they, was the term kick back then? That that was that was I'm going to kick. I'm going to die. No, he said kick off. Kick. I'm going to kick. Kick the uh, habit. Then tell me because I know it. I know it's die. Kick the habit. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's what led you to be. I like that. He was talking about being in the Bowery, the slums, the... Yeah. I know the Bowery. Carl Fisher was only like about two blocks from the Bowery. So, yeah, I know the Bowery quite quite well. Well, just that place where you'd go, the homeless and the bums that go... Sorry, people, this is going to make you itch. Yeah. You see the shark coming out, don't you? Yep.
You're the only person I know that would go to a beer garden, garden and wouldn't drink any beer. <laughs> no, not true. I fucking love beer. In fact, we yeah. went to one not too long ago. But I'd see you going there more for the schnitzel, the pretzel. Oh, oh well, yeah. The food, that's a fucking movie. Without a doubt. I love my food. Be a god, Absolutely. Absolutely. Flop houses. Yeah, you don't see those anymore, do you? No, you don't. That's true. Hey, like he gets calling himself that. Yeah. Oh, did you just see what he just said? No, I didn't. He said, motherfucker. Yeah, but I said that a lot. No, he said Mother Lubba. Mother Hubba. Look at the anger in his body motion. Now, this is not exactly uh, a good uh, uh, representation of the LGBTQ community. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, it's an honest representation of guys like For that person, who is in there. Hustlers. Donna Lee. Gasolitical? Yeah. I'm gasolitical. I don't know. I'm gasolitical once I take my uh, lactulose. Well, trust me. I'm gasolitical every day these days. Yeah. Trust me on that. But who's Donna Lee? Was she a drag I'm queen sure. or a singer? Uh, I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. Hey, like that, the one girl he's waxing sweet about is the one who called him a bitch, a fucking cunt. Yeah. Yeah. Could not. Yeah, hey, like, yeah, he's one of those that love those that treat him like shit. Shit. And if someone treats him like shit. Ooh, do you hear that? Oh, how you like how vicious that sounds. Oh, good Jesus. What? 
Yeah. Yeah. I want to kill you. I want to destroy you. You know. Yeah. Here's the part upcoming where a lot of people, if they have any problems with this movie, have the problems with it. Okay. So do you want to explain this or not? Uh, well, yeah, I'll talk about it. This is when it gets... Yeah, okay, listen. This is when Carl's things come out because we just see why Carl uh-huh. got this hit piece started. Right. And now we're going to get bloody. See right there. That's why he treats, uh, you know. Yeah. What's that old term say, Carl? If you try to please everyone. You please nobody. You don't please yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. This scene would be more affecting watched out of context if you hadn't seen earlier where he talks about his fake crying. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, Considering the whole context of the film, you see the tears coming down. Are they real? Are they manufactured? Are they forced? And this is what a lot of what I've heard and read against the film is, is, is that it's either unclear or you have to make a choice, and none of those choices are, are uh, complementary to the film. This is the argument, anyway, in a lot of the reviews and, and, and the setup I, uh, as I was doing my research for this. Look, he keeps calling call himself a bitch again. Yeah. But, yeah, see how quick he turns them off and becomes normal again? Yeah. But, yeah, there's so many people that don't know. That, I mean, uh, even the boys in the band has a Jason in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Boys in the Band definitely has a Jason, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. 
when we talk about early gay films in the 60s and 70s, Boys in the Band and such, um, and mainstream particularly I'm talking about, um, they were not complementary to, to the community. You have to look at the time frame. Wait. And you have to take... Watch this right here. Watch this right here. Jesus. Yeah, sadly, there's so many people that abuse the system that it fucks over yeah. us who need it. Yeah, absolutely. How you like that? Humble, yeah. in his words, is phony. Yeah. Fuck you, cocksucker. You're full of shit. Shit. Me can... Oh, here's my face. You know, it's me. Jesus. Hey, like, yeah, it looks like he's breaking. He's like, stop that bullshit. And he's like, gosh, shit, no. you're right again. Why are you... <laughs> Jesus. See, he's uh, got the masochistic tendencies if it gets him what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, tell me where to stop, Carl. <laughs> I mean, well, I think where? about two more do minutes. I need... No, I mean, where do I stop? Where do I have to stop you? You know, where do I stop, <laughs> Carl? Uh... <laughs> you don't. I'm an immovable force. Or a smelly fart. I'm not sure which. You had nothing to say to begin with. Thank you. 
Hey, like after they expose him for the phony piece of shit that he is, what does he say? Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. The problem is, is of all the people that Jason was bullshitting. He's bullshitting himself the most. Yeah, he was bullshitting. Look. Joe Stebusimi helped with the restoration. Nice. But yeah, now that you see now, now you see why I chose this and why it actually is that good. Well, I I will say this. I'm not saying it's not good, but it's not not a film I would have been interested in. I would have probably missed it without you. I'm glad I saw it. And what it did do is it introduced me to Shirley Clark, and I will dig into that big time. And what's sad is, like I said, I have seen so many phony, bullshit documentaries that have won the Oscar or been nominated to be lauded. Right. But, you know, like when Roger and me and all of that guy's work came out, I mean, really, if you watch them, they're all bullshit hit pieces that Michael Moore... Michael Moore is definitely a hit piece, but... Yeah, and edited But but he's hitting corporate. He's hitting corporate, not a specific person. That makes it a little different. It really does. I know it makes um, it a little different, but still, bullshit is bullshit. Like uh, Fahrenheit nine one one nine eleven. Yeah, I mean, I love my experimental documentaries, but I hate it when I can tell that someone's trying to bullshit me to really enforce their way of thinking upon me. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I need to get going here. Why don't we uh, talk about what, what we're going to do next on your show? Don't get so uptight, Carl. We're going to be doing uh, a <laughs> remake of uh, The Informer using an all-black cast. The film is called The film is called Uptight from 1968. It's directed by a French director by the name of Jules Bassin, who uh, is best known for Rafifi. And uh, it's an excellent film, and it's one that I've been waving the flag for forever. And actually, on that film, Stephen, I think you're going to be the uh, uh, the virgin on that. You've never seen Uptight, correct? Yeah. But Jules Verdine is one of the best crime directors we ever fucking had. Oh, Rafifi is one of the best caper films ever. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic, and 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 it's a really great film. And and also, 
It's a remake of one of your favorite films of all time, The Informer. I know how much you love that movie. So I'm going to be really interested in how you react to this retelling of it. Well, which is set in Cleveland were, in 1968. This tale that should be retold. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one you can update using each generation's politics. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, yeah, what yeah. whatever did, politics what are happening at the time. It would be like 80s, 90s, you know, old politics. Mm-hmm. Yep. The difference is, is uh, for, I watched a little bit of it, is that the informer is more of a lighter film compared to the dark, noir, foggy aspects of uh, of the informer. Right. Yeah, well, it, it's done in the 60s, and it's done. Uh, it's not done in black and white. It's in color. Uh, uh, and as we said, an all-black cast, which includes Roscoe Lee Brown, uh, Max Julian, uh, a, a number of faces you'll recognize. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we do that show. Uh, next week, I would think we're doing that, correct? Yeah, and if you've enjoyed this, we I enjoyed this, and I hope and Carl did too, that we name-dropped that, and we always hate this about the Oscars. So in March, we're going to put our motherfucking money where our motherfucking mouths are. Nice. Which means we're going to be doing documentary month. Oh, yeah, we got some good ones planned. We got some good ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah, we're going to do that. done right, a doc can be the best kind of film ever made. But when done mm-hmm. wrong, they could be the biggest pile of bullshit, more than a bullshit fake movie ever could be. Like uh, the ones that uh, anti the anti Hillary documentary. Yeah, those yeah, are the, the bullshit stuff. ones. Yeah, the bullshit ones. Absolutely. But ah. that's the devil or the beast of the documentary. Uh, by Carl, I'll say this. But that's the devil of the beast of documentary. Is that all you got to do is say, this is documentary. This isn't staged. This isn't bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. But yep. they always have an agenda. Every documentary I've ever seen has an agenda. As well they should. There should be a point to it. Absolutely. I agree. And to quote your favorite quote from Videodrome, what makes it dangerous? It has a philosophy or an agenda. Uh Absolutely. So thank you. Good night. And we'll be doing next month, hopefully, uh, once Rachel gets uh, her shit right. 
she's moving, so y'all know how higgly piggly that goes. Oh, yeah. We'll be doing uh, Master of the Flying Carlatine, Guillotine. That was funny. I like that. Well, thank you, uh, Stephen, for having me on. Oh, yeah. And always remember, just because someone is telling you the truth doesn't mean they're not bullshitting you. And just because someone is bullshitting you doesn't mean that they're not telling you they don't have your best interest in heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good night, right. everybody. Good night.